0: Ever tried reading while jogging, cooking, or even juggling flaming torches? Yeah, doesn't end well. But with Audiobooks.com, you can conquer books without the circus act. Dive into over 450,000 titles, including more than 10,000 free ones. Get hooked on a bestseller, find your next obsession, or finally read that classic you've been avoiding since high school. And here's the inside scoop. Sign up today for a free 30-day trial and snag your first three audiobooks on the house. Sign up for your free trial at audiobooks.com podcastfree podcast free today. That's audiobooks.com slash It's Friday, September 2nd, 2022. I'm Jackson Bird. Today, the musicians getting paid anytime a preschooler makes a poop joke at an Alexa device. Plus, why Labor Day is a cursed weekend for movie releases, and the Artemis 1 launch is officially, maybe, happening on Saturday. Here's some cool stuff for your ride home. Over the years, certain entrepreneuring artists have become particularly adept at hacking SEO trends to make a decent chunk of change. Follow Google Trends, think about the sorts of related keywords that might pop up in autoplay after a popular video, or imagine the kinds of things people commonly search for, and make videos, songs, or whole social media accounts using those keywords as inspiration. And depending on how it's executed, the final product might be a completely transparent money grab that leaves you feeling a bit slimy just having stumbled on it. Or it could be a clever way to leverage an unusual source of inspiration and make you enough revenue to support making the art that you're more passionate about. And sometimes the art that you're passionate about accidentally becomes one of the creations picked out by the algorithm for enormous success. Katie Natopoulos, BuzzFeed News' resident weird niche internet culture reporter, recently revealed one particular example of this SEO hacking, musicians whose songs are making them thousands of dollars just from toddlers shouting poop at the family's Alexa. Natopoulos discovered this one herself when her five-year-old told their Amazon Echo Dot to play Poopy Diaper. It was just a five-year-old's nonsense demand paired with classic toilet humor. Neither Natopoulos nor her son thought anything would really come of it, but Alexa obeyed and began playing a song on Spotify called Poopy Diaper. This particular track was a sort of pop techno beat that hits all the right formulaic marks. A good hook, a narrative breakdown bridge, and an emotional key change. With slight apologies, here is a quick listen to Poopy Diaper. Mike Bielenberg intentionally wrote the song to try to create a, quote, Earworm for potty training parents. End quote. After hearing how much of a financial success the Christmas song "Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer" was for its writer Randy Brooks, Bilenberg recorded it with his son and two other artists back in 2013. And while "Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer" had immediate radio success when it was recorded in the late 70s, "Poopy Diaper" has not had quite the same luck. It's only been streamed about 260,000 times on Amazon Music and. 60,000 times on Spotify. After the royalty checks he's given to the musicians involved, Bielenberg says he's made just under $3,000 in the decade since they first recorded it. But Poopy Diaper is not the only toilet humor song engineered for preschool popularity and parental annoyance. Particularly when Search and Discovery became even more lucrative and understandable to everyday people in the early 2010s, a whole cottage industry emerged with this impetus in mind. Songs about farts, butts, poop, and more. You can also see this on YouTube with the glut of usually low-quality videos that started emerging around then to appeal to tapping toddlers on tablets or to show up next on autoplay after a kid finishes watching an actually parentally approved video. And YouTube has done a lot of work, both legally mandated and by their own initiative, over the years to root out the worst of these offenders, but videos appealing to the preschooler sense of humor still abound. Musician Matt Farley, for example, also entered the Toilet Humor SEO game in the early 2010s with songs specifically geared around keywords people might search for, toilet humor and otherwise. He's produced more than 23,000 of them. Farley originally thought that the popularity of his poop-related songs, of which there are many, was because kids were typing funny words into their parents' Spotify accounts. It wasn't until Notopolis suggested to him that younger kids who can't yet type might be yelling poop at Alexa devices that he connected the dots and told her he actually makes more money off of Amazon Music than any other streaming service, and that that had only been the case since 2017. Prior to that, he made more money off of Spotify and iTunes. Notopoulos points out that this timing adds up because the Echo Dot, the budget version of the flagship Alexa device, was released in 2016 and got a further price cut in 2017, meaning many more Alexa-enabled devices were in many more homes around the time Farley started seeing his Poop Song profits spiking on Amazon Music. Farley says 80% of his earnings on Amazon Music come from poop-themed songs, while only 50% do on Spotify. And while you can connect your Spotify account to your Alexa device, Natopolis speculates that most people don't take that extra step, especially if they're not primarily using the device to listen to music. And that is how a song like Farley's Poop, 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 Poop song can end up with 8 million streams on Amazon Music, a platform Farley describes as one that big music fans don't use. Here is a listen to the Poop, 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 Poop song. Poop is used but sometimes it's green or black you've got to use toilet paper clean the poop from your crack that track is off of farley's 2012 album called the white album parentheses with brown and yellow stains there's one more artist in Topolis featured with a bit more of a heartwarming story Joey Helpish and his partner, Kristen Meir, run a music school in Oregon that works with autistic children, and during a songwriting session with the kids, Helpish asked for a five-syllable phrase to kick off a song, and one four-year-old immediately suggested poopy stupid butt. The other kids filled in the rest of the funny and borderline obscene lyrics, and Helpish went on to post their song on Amazon Music, along with other songs co-written by kids at their school. This one, I think, is my favorite of all the songs profiled by Natopolis. It's the most non-sequitur in its lyrics, because actual young kids suggested them, but the vocals and strings also sound the most authentic. You know, this song feels like what it is, a song by kids for kids, not by an adult for profit. Poopy, Bob and naughty, poopy, stupid but The plane is driving the crane. Pizzas are eating, Legos in the pants, and the diapers are all insane. Oh, stop pooping on the floor, poopy, stupid but After uploading the song, Helpish and Mirror largely forgot about it. Then, in 2019, the couple needed money to pay for some medical bills and were looking for it wherever they could. Helpish checked his Amazon Music account, which usually only earned them a few dollars a month, and found that that one song, Poopy Stupid Butt, had earned several hundred dollars. Something had changed, and the money kept coming in. About $100 each month. And then, when the pandemic started, and families were stuck at home trying to entertain their kids or allowing them more freedom than usual to entertain themselves, Poopy Stupid Butt's popularity soared to 10 million streams, netting Helpish and Mirror $10,000 in the process. Quoting BuzzFeed, Play counts are visible on Spotify, but not on Amazon Music. But the Spotify play counts are useful for some generalizations of what poop songs are hits. One thing revealed in Spotify is that it's not just English-speaking children asking for poop. The French song La Chanson du Caca has over one million streams, suggesting children in France yell caca at Alexa. Trey droll. End quote. Potty humor is universal among kids, and our society's latest iteration of that is preschoolers getting the robots in their homes to search a world's worth of content for the funniest combination of words their parents don't really want them to say. And now grown-ups have caught on to the game, creating even more content to amuse the kids, annoy their parents, and earn themselves a few bucks. Well, as a reminder, tomorrow, Saturday, is National Cinema Day. And all the big movie theater chains are offering their movies any showtime, any format, for just $3 here in the U.S. Part of the Cinema Foundation's strategy for this deal is to encourage people to return to the movies. Moviegoers have largely returned since the pandemic pause, but weekends without blockbuster releases are still struggling. And when I discussed this $3 ticket deal earlier this week, I mentioned it would probably make an already popular movie going weekend even more crowded. But it turns out Labor Day is actually one of the worst weekends in the year for movie going, or at least bad enough that most studios avoid releasing new movies this weekend. It's down there with Super Bowl weekend as a time when the studios have come to assume hardly anyone will go to the theater. Three-day weekends in holidays are usually great times to release movies. People have school or work off, so they take the time to actually hit the theater. It's a popular tradition in some families to catch a movie on Christmas or Thanksgiving. And even though it wasn't originally, the weekends bookending Halloween are a popular time to release the most highly anticipated horror films of the year. Even Easter weekend and President's Day weekend see great success with movie releases. But according to Douglas Lamont at Collider, Labor Day weekend is the big outlier. In the history of movies coming out on Labor Day, only two have ever earned more than $50 million domestically. The 2007 Rob Zombie remake of Halloween, And last year's, Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings, the latter of which only ended up on Labor Day because its original release date was delayed twice due to COVID, and Marvel didn't want to have to push back Eternals and Spider-Man No Way Home any later. Now, fairly obvious reason for all of this is that Labor Day, for about half the country, is the last weekend of summer vacation for students. It's a busy time of last-minute errands and end-of-summer parties. And for the other half of the country, school has already been in full swing for a few weeks, so even the extra day added to the weekend gets booked up with homework and extracurriculars. As Lamont puts it, quote, Any new Labor Day release would have to really stand out to not play second fiddle to the real-world obligations happening around this holiday weekend, end quote. And for a holiday weekend, it's pretty light on the holiday side of things. Unless you're promoting a sale on mattresses, there isn't much that's marketable about Labor Day. It's not really celebratory. It's much harder to ride the wave of themed marketing for Labor Day than it is for Halloween or even Valentine's Day. There are no Hallmark cards, inflatable lawn decorations, or even a Charlie Brown special for Labor Day. As Lamont points out, Charlie and the Peanuts gang even have an Arbor Day special, but no love for Labor Day. But Lamont also brings up another point. Quoting further, Labor Day weekend has also often been seen as a transition period between the busy summertime and the equally busy autumn season where Oscar-friendly material lies. As moviegoers and studios transition from focusing on Transformers to concentrating on award-season darlings, it's easy for titles opening over Labor Day weekend to get lost in the shuffle. This is especially true since major film festivals like the Toronto International Film Festival can sometimes occur on the day just before Labor Day weekend. As a result, all the hype and buzz may be centered on whatever star-studded movie premiered at this event rather than a movie trying to open over the Labor Day frame, end quote. Even the 2013 Jason Reitman film Labor Day was released in January. And if anything, over the years, Labor Day has become a bit of a curse for any movies that dare to premiere during the long weekend. Lamont points to Disaster Movie, Fear.com, one word, and Cole the Conqueror as examples of notorious Labor Day flops, a point well-made considering I barely remember even hearing about any of those movies. Jesse Hassinger argued in The Week back in 2019 that this curse reeks of confirmation bias and superstition, that studios are, quote, training moviegoers not to bother with end-of-summer releases, like a reverse recommendation, end quote. The big exceptions, the films that can see some moderate success on Labor Day weekend, are apparently horror movies and wide releases of films that previously only saw a limited release, which might partially explain the Labor Day strategy for the Spider-Man No Way Home More Fun Stuff re-release, But other than that re-release, there are no huge blockbuster movies scheduled for this Labor Day weekend, unless you count the Regina Hall-Sterling K. Brown flick, Honk for Jesus, Save Your Soul, which looks great to me, but which is getting mixed reviews so far and I don't think would quite qualify as a highly anticipated blockbuster. While some bigger movies like Clerks 3 and The Woman King will debut later in September, and we're getting a string of those more prestige films, those Oscar-bait ones, throughout the fall, I'd argue we're not really seeing another blockbuster until late October, with Black Adam and Halloween ends. With so few movies this month and next breaking through to that everyone's talking about it, put aside your other obligations to go see it level— I guess it really does make sense that the Cinema Foundation convinced all the major movie theater chains and distributors to sell $3 tickets on Saturday. Maybe the gimmick will help them make more money than usual on Labor Day. Hey, maybe it'll work so well, it'll become an annual thing for a bit. At least long enough to break the Labor Day curse. Well, as of now, NASA says they are proceeding with a Saturday, September 3rd launch attempt of Artemis 1. The launch window will open at 2.17 p.m. Eastern Time, with a live broadcast beginning at 12.15 p.m. Eastern on all of NASA's social channels and website. Monday the 5th remains a backup launch date for the mission, with weather forecasts looking slightly better on Monday as compared to tomorrow, Tuesday the 6th is also in play as a backup launch date. After that, the next window would not open until the 19th. So lots of fingers crossed for tomorrow or at least early next week. In other news, following its huge surge in popularity thanks to a prominent feature in the latest season of Stranger Things, Kate Bush's Running Up That Hill is set to be reissued as a CD single. Originally debuting in 1985, the song hit number 4 on the Hot 100 this past summer and number 1 in the UK. Spotify even named it the Song of the Summer. Which, as much as I've been claiming Lizzo's About Damn Time for that title, and I know others have put Harry Styles's As It Was forward, I actually might agree with Spotify here. Running up that hill crossed media in its popularity and really seemed to hit people pretty deep. Though if we were to ask the younger crowd, they might say the obvious song of the summer was poop, Poop 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 Song. One fun fact about this Kate Bush reissue, it'll mark the first time that the song has been made available as a single on CD since it was originally released on vinyl because singles for CDs weren't really being done yet in the UK when the song first debuted. One more thing before I go, quick note, as I just discussed at length, it is Labor Day weekend here in the United States, so I will be taking Monday off to not really celebrate the holiday and not go to the movie theater. But in any case, there will be no new episode on Monday. So that is it for this week. I am going to go play some Kate Bush to clear all those poop songs from my brain. This show was produced by Ride Home Media. I'm Jackson Bird, and I will talk to you again on Tuesday.